you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, and formerly of many a Cleveland sports blog before then. No game to talk about, but we'll do a quick preview of the Cardinals series. We'll talk about some trade ideas. We will also talk about the newest Indian and uh, what his addition, both good and bad, mean for the Indians. So let's start there. Alex Young. Now, Alex Young is a player that uh, I remember ranking way back in the day for the 2012 MLB draft. I, that I didn't think that was the first one that I had done for Scout. Um, must have been like the last one I did at Indians Prospect Insider. He was a late second round, uh, or no, I'm sorry, an early second round pick, part of one of the worst run draft classes probably ever. The uh, No, no, this was a Scout. I'm sorry. Yeah, 2002 he was drafted out of high school. Didn't sign that year. But he was part of the Arizona Diamondbacks 2015 class, where they, I believe, ended up under slot, even though they had the top pick in the draft. Uh, just completely bumbled almost every pick in the draft. It, it was just, I don't grade drafts typically, but you could go through with that draft and put a pretty harsh grade on everything that occurred with Arizona. And this is a prelude of things to come for that team. Because if you recall... Overall picks Dans- Dansby Swanson, first overall, who they trade in the very, very, very ill-advised uh, trade for Shelby Miller. Uh, you know, Some teams did very well. It was a deep draft. I mean, Arizona had multiple picks. Uh, this is the Brady Aiken, Tristan McKenzie draft, if you are an Indians fan. Uh, you know, A lot of players, a lot of names. You can go down the list. Walker Bueller. That's actually who I mocked to the Indians in my final mock of the year uh for you know fun fact uh you know ian happ andrew benintendi uh, kyle tucker alex bregman all taken in this class a lot of guys who haven't got there yet i was a huge tyler J fan that didn't work out dylan tate i wasn't as high on as others uh didn't work out there uh, we're still waiting on brendan rogers josh naylor was the 12th overall pick uh bring it back to cleveland but it was a weird draft class, and Alex Young was the 43rd overall pick, top of pick of the second round. And he goes to Arizona, moves steadily through their system, uh, debuts in 2019, actually pitches quite well in 2019. 2020 does not go well for him. Uh, neither does 2021. Though when he was uh, designated for assignment, it was a surprise by the Diamondbacks people I followed. They did not think that was going to happen. He's always had a good chase rate. He's more of a, you know, he, he misses enough bats. Uh, the control this year, the walk rate jumped. So there's some kind of issue there. But he, you know, he's got some good spin rate data on his fastball. Curveball is a little more iffy with the spin rate data. Uh, the change has some good spin. 2019, he had didn't get hit hard. And since then, he's gotten hit hard. So I don't know if there's anything they can look at, something the Indians can fix. But Alex Young is definitely an Indians pitcher control pitcher knows how to pitch has some spin rate data on his pitches 
Uh, he's the guy you want them to get in their system. He has a very good chance of still being a back-end pitcher. That's why I was kind of surprised, again, that Arizona let him go. Just They need to open up a spot on their 40-man. So Alex Young was let go. What's fun about Alex Young, in addition to just, hey, it's another left-handed pitcher, a potential starter this team can definitely take a look at. There's something they see. And when there's something they see, you know, you have to, you're going to trust them. They do very well with reclamation projects from other teams. Like, in general, that is maybe what they're best at, uh, is pro scouting other teams, minors, and uh, talent. And if you can get him back to 2019 version, that's a that's a starter. That's a major league starter. Uh, that would be huge. Uh, it was interesting that year that, you know, his spin rate data is basically in line. It's the same. It's just that year he didn't get hit hard. Uh, th- since then, you know, it's it's definitely changed. And then this year it completely fell apart. Even his walk rate, which was one of his strongest tools, was uh, in the blue over on Baseball Savant. But, again, what's really fun about Alex Young is he was born in Westlake. Uh I don't know what age they moved away. I uh, went to Illinois. I, uh, I do remember uh, my cousin texting me the day before the draft. Like, one of my coworkers is related to Alex Young. Do you know who that is? And I was like, yeah, he's a left-handed pitcher from TCU, second, third-round grade. And he's like, I can't believe you know that because, you know, back 2015, uh, there was like four of us talking about the draft in any depth and or detail. Uh, so I, today when I saw that the Indians added Alex Young, I immediately texted my cousin and I was like, hey, remember that? And he goes, I vaguely remember that. Uh, he goes, that guy doesn't work with me anymore. I'm like, oh, well, it's a shame. But yeah, the Indians, you know, and we were trying to figure out like who's the last local player to, you know, eat, player born in Cleveland. And Westlake is close enough. It's a Cleveland suburb, right? Am I wrong? If I'm wrong, let me know. Uh, but like the last player from Cuyahoga County, Cleveland, to play for the Indians. And someone said, is it Jerry DePoto? Uh, going through the data I found, not DePoto, but similar guys from that era, Dave Malicki and Bill Wirtz. Now, Malicki is interesting because uh, he, had, again, someone born in Cleveland, but he went to high school out in Colorado in college in Oklahoma State. Uh, he 17th round draft pick so not a high draft pick but i mean he still had a 10-year career 193 starts i don't think i realized that he ended up pitching over a thousand innings in the big leagues and pitched all the way up to 2002 so good on dave malicki as a 17th round pick that's fantastic uh pitched for the indians last in 93 but through 2002 and then bill wirtz uh pitched with the indians in 94 so that might actually be your contender for the last uh person born in cleveland to uh, play for the Indians, a 31st round draft pick, even longer odds against him. He went to Cleveland Central Catholic High School, so he went to high school in Cleveland and then he went to Ohio State, so he was an Ohio person through and through. Ended up being a 31st round pick in 89. He pitched uh, 35 games to the big leagues. Was you know Did not have the long, successful career of a Dave Malicki, but um, still, he made it. That's all that really counts again. Not a lot of people can be like, yeah, I pitched in the bigs. Good on Bill Wirtz. So soon as Alex Young pitches for the Indians, it's going to be the first time, looks like in the data, since like the mid-90s. So you're looking at almost 30 years since the Indians have had a player from the Cleveland area pitch for them. Uh, again, I know he, I'm not even sure if he grew up there. I know he went to high school in, out in Illinois. Uh, or no, is that right? Let me double check that. Uh, why am I really, yeah, yeah, in Illinois, I was right. Because it just seemed weird that to go from Illinois to TCU. But 
no matter what, born in Westlake, coming to the Indians, a good addition. The negative with this addition is they moved Aaron Zavali to the 60-day disabled list. That means he can't come back till the end of August. That now means both Bieber and Zavali, with the hope was, hey, it'll be 30 days, rest, they'll be ready to go. No. Uh, neither of those guys are coming back till the later part of August. I have no... Uh, I'm not harboring any notions that this is a playoff team anymore. I don't see any way they can even kind of fight around and hope to snipe you know, that second wild card spot. That's not going to happen. So with this team, uh, the smart thing is to make trades that are you know not going to hurt you in terms of roster construction and the roster crunch. Maybe move some of those pieces that are going to come off in a year or two. And, you know, they have – this isn't a year ago where there was the expanded wild card. Uh, everyone made the playoffs, it felt like. And the Indians had to – I mean, they felt like they owed it to themselves to try to get in. At this point in time, uh, the chances of them getting in the postseason are very low. It seems like the perfect time to, you know, trade a Cesar and give Owen Miller another look. It's time to give some of these guys extended looks and see what you got. Let Yu Chen Chang play more if not Owen, uh, if you're not going to go Owen Miller. Uh, the like is probably what this team needs to do. Uh, it, again, I mean, it's, it stinks. Hopefully with both Savali and Bieber, they'll actually be healthy in August and back, and then neither of those are uh, signs of a further, deeper issue. With uh, pitchers, you never know. Uh, there's always a risk. But we're hoping they'll both be back. And, you know, this team really, they should be really active at the deadline. So we've seen a few trades, you know, Nelson Cruz trade, Sam Holmes to the Yankees, um, Adam Frazier to the Padres. And what's been interesting is every single prospect, we're up to like seven or eight prospects traded, every single prospect traded is is currently or will be Rule 5 eligible at the end of the year. Teams are specifically trading those types of prospects for a reason. It's because teams like the Pirates and the Padres, I mean, not so much with the Padres anymore, but a lot of teams like the Pirates, the Orioles, uh, are willing to be more aggressive to go out and draft a guy and just try to stash him on your team and see what they can do. And teams know that. They know that if you have a talented guy just because he's in low A doesn't mean he's automatically protected anymore. So teams are being aggressive in how they make these trades, trying to get value, trying to deal with their own roster crunches. And when it comes to the Indians, uh, I think, A, yes, they need to do that. And B, I think, you know, it's, a, it's this combination. They, need, they should really be buyers and sellers. They need to be buying for the 2022 season and selling for the players that will not help in 2022. So that's where I am. We'll discuss some more of those trades. We'll do a preview of the Cardinals in a moment. But let's first take a quick sponsor break here. When you need a part for your car, where are you going to go? paused so you could just say rock auto right there for me but now you should know rock auto is giving you the power to find the part you need for your car it's the perfect site for the do-it-yourselfer because you can pick from multiple different uh types for what you might need uh, you can go there and like if you need a car filter you can look at all the different brands find the best deal see what their rebates and specials are those are happening all the time when you do go to rockauto.com make sure you're going to tell them in the how'd you hear about us box Locked on, locked on MLB, locked on Indians, locked on Guardians, whatever it is, make sure you just tell them locked on sent you. And you're going to want to go because if you're like me and you know nothing about cars, this gives you a baseline for how much a part for your car should cost. And when you shop and compare, you're going to see they save you money. Remember that is rockauto.com and the How'd You Hear About Us box. You're 
box, you are going to say locked on. So I'm going to take a moment right here and just apologize. My cats are being weird, so I have no idea what may or may not occur during the middle of this podcast. Adding some extra excitement, I guess, uh, to the whole affair. So the St. Louis Cardinals are very much like the Cleveland Indians of the NL Central. Underachieving, 500 baseball, key players not uh, living up, and others performing quite well. Ty O'Neill has been a breakout. We talked about him last time. Uh, also sporting ridiculously high bat pip and a really bad imbalanced strikeout-to-walk ratio. At some point, it's going to balance on him. Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado are exactly that. You know, you know those players. Harrison Bader has been, I think, finally the guy that they were hoping. And, I mean, offensively, he's having a career year. And you always will take that for a guy who is, you know, viewed by some the best defensive center fielder in baseball. I thought Paul DeJong the past few years looked like a net negative value for the Cardinals. I don't, he's played better, but it's still a contract I'm sure they'd love to get out of. Dylan Carlson has played well. Tommy Edmond was an important part of that team, and he's really kind of regressed, as has, uh, you know, Yadier Molina continues to slide back. Should we do the position-by-position comparison, or should we talk about pitching? Uh, Jack Flattery is been solid but I think they were hoping for a little bit more out of him you know he's supposed to be the ace uh that hasn't necessarily been the case Adam Wainwright is defying time at 39 Quang Hugh Kim has been solid for them you look at the team and in general it's a team that looks solid on paper you wonder why they are only 500 it seems to like a bigger issue uh belying what is going on with them because like I said you look at them it's like okay they're pretty solid up and down and the you're in the NL Central. The Reds aren't good. The Pirates aren't good. Why are you not better? Um, and that's that's really my biggest question with this team. Like, the Cardinals should be better. Uh, as we go down, it's like their bullpen. Uh, Giovanni Gallego, Gallegos and Alex Reyes have been great. Genesis Cabrera has been fantastic. Beyond those three, the bullpen's been a disaster. The team, uh, old friend alert, TJ Miller. TJ, nope. TJ Miller's an actor. Uh, Justin Miller, and then old friend alert TJ McFarland uh, is there. Also on their injured player list, old friend alert Max Moorhoff. Uh, Jack Flattery has been hurt. That's why he is a little bit lower, as has Dakota Hudson. Carlos Martinez and Miles Miklos. Jordan Hicks, one of their best relievers, also hurt. And Daniel Ponce de Leon, who was a reliable like six starter for them, also on the DL. They're a bit beat up in general across the board. Starting pitching... Once you get past the Wainwright and Kim, Wade LeBanc has been around the block for a reason. He's serviceable, but one of those guys you're always looking to upgrade if he's on your team. Jake Woodford, former first-round pick, hasn't lived up quite to the first-round hype. That is kind of where this has been. Due to injuries, the rotation is beat up, and maybe the Indians can take advantage of it, but probably not because, unfortunately, they're getting Wainwright and Kim, the you know the two reliable starters. John Oviedo has been the uh, fifth for them throughout this year so let's uh and he's been up and down optioned up and down and they just claimed speaking of uh ohio kids tj zoich from the blue jays who uh can remember where he's from in ohio before he went to university of pittsburgh on his way to becoming a first round pick of the toronto blue jays so let's just go through let's let's start at the catcher position uh yadier molina versus what the indians have out there uh you know at the end of the day i've used that expression way too much 
defensively, it's you know he's starting to regress, so the the defensive value is not where it once was. So the Indians have an advantage defensively, and then it just comes down to the fact that like their production is miserable at the catcher uh, position. You know, uh, let's see, Roberto Perez is like a 74. I think Yadier Molina is like in the 80s, 87. Uh, he's been worth 0.7 war. I don't think anyone with the Indians has a, a positive war. So advantage Cardinals. So they start with the advantage. Moving to first base, Paul Goldschmidt versus Bobby Bradley. Bobby Bradley has played very well, but, I mean, in, in a world where you can pick either one at the same rate, you know, the same cost, you're picking Goldschmidt every time. That's... that's Moving on, second base, Tommy Edmond um, versus Cesar Hernandez. Like I said, Edmond's been a little disappointing for them. Cesar has been, you know, solid and steady. I think that's advantage Indians. They get one. Moving on to shortstop. So uh, we talked about Paul DeJong and his general issue of being a below-average bat, a uh, good defender. Then you have the Indians with the Med Rosario who has... Uh, the defense hasn't been awful, but a slightly below-average bat as well. Over the course of this year, uh, DeJong has had more value. He's been a little bit better overall, so advantage Cardinals, so they go back to a two-point lead. Third base, Jose Ramirez versus Nolan Arenado. Healthy Jose Ramirez would have the advantage because, as we discussed over the last three years, he has outperformed Arenado. But this year, I mean, Jose Ramirez over this whole year still has a higher war than him. So I'm going to go advantage Indians, even with Jose Ramirez being a little beat up. Uh, that could be, you know, enough to, to push him down, but we're going <laughs> to give them an advantage here so they can uh, gain a little bit of ground. It, it could almost, you know, let's just call it a toss-up. They, uh, they get to maintain their two-point edge as we move over to the outfield. Uh... Should we go left or right? Ty O'Neill. We discussed, you know, he's been a bit lucky. Uh, and while he has been a bit lucky, uh, the production has still been top shelf. And the 17 home runs and the walk rate. And he also won a gold glove a year ago. Uh, so he's an elite defender. So it's going to be advantage to uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, giving them a three-point lead. Moving into center, Harrison Bader. I mean, again, four-point lead, uh, better defender. And he's having a career year with his bat. Moving over to right field, which has been, you know, Daniel Johnson and Oscar Mercado and various other sundry people versus Dylan Carlson, the rookie who's playing well. So that, that's another advantage to the Cardinals. So they had a two-point advantage when you went out to the outfield. That becomes a five-pointer. Um, that's not great. Now, this is a home game. So the Indians get the DH. So the five-point advantage, which means they have Matt Carpenter likely probably being their DH. Uh, he's, that's a contract they've come to regret there. He's not playing particularly well. So advantage Indians with Fran Mill Reyes, four-point lead. Uh, starting rotation... <laughs> I mean, their top two is better than anything the Indians have right now. Uh, advantage Cardinals back to a five-point lead. And bullpen, honestly. I mean, they have three solid guys at the top. There was a time where the Indians looked like they had three solid guys at the top. Uh, it's It's been a rough go of late for that pen, so that's advantage Cardinals. So, seven-point advantage. 
And again, that kind of just goes to show that, like, I don't know why this Cardinals team is only 500. I get the starting pitching. I get the injuries. They should still be better. They should they should be better than 500. Uh, I mean, the Indians was it a split earlier this year. I can't remember the top of my head. But either way, I mean, this is going to be Cal Quantrell versus Adam Wainwright. That's advantage Cardinals. Zach Plesak versus King Quang Hyun Kim. That's advantage Cardinals. Both these games, I would think... Now, I, I don't know how much home field advantage affects things, so uh, when we go over and do our bet online line for this game, we'll see if uh, if bet online agrees with me or not. But in general, yeah, I think that this is uh, this is going to be a rough series. Uh, and then, unfortunately, after this rough series, it's not like it opens up for the Indians and all of a sudden gets easier. July is a brutal month. Uh, they get the Thursday off day, and then it's the White Sox into the Blue Jays. So that's what you have to look forward to uh, as an Indians fan. That's my preview of the Cardinals, uh, and we're going to take another short commercial break, come back, and discuss some trade ideas. As I mentioned just a second ago, Bet Online is one of our sponsors. And remember, it's betonline.ag. I'm going to go there right now as we're sitting here doing the podcast. I'm going to see if they agree with me that tomorrow's line should favor the Cardinals. Let's see. We go over to betonline.ag. We click on sports. And I can tell you right as I go, there are all sorts of deals and things going on right now. But let's look ahead to these Tuesday games. St. Louis Cardinals, Cleveland Indians. No. BetOnline disagrees with me. Well, I think that should be... In advantage to the Cardinals. They have Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals. They, I guess, are believing in home field advantage here. Getting the run and a half. I mean, we'll see if I'm right, if I'm wrong. But I feel like I would be inclined to go bet against the Indians in this one. Go take that run and a half with Adam Wainwright. i got to go see now if he's not been playing as well of later what's going on. But if information and action like that is interested, interesting to you, go check out betonline.ag today. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON. To get a 5050% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. So, one of the big rumors yesterday was that uh, the Seattle Mariners were hot to trot for Whit Merrifield. I, I, I know no one uses hot to trot. It, just leave me alone. Uh, but that they were looking into Whit Merrifield, that they wanted a second baseman. And. You know, there was a, a rush for the idea that you needed to grab one because, you know, the name was Adam Frazier and he's off the market now. Uh, you know, the White Sox are also looking for someone as a rental. It's hard to see the Indians and White Sox doing a deal when Cesar Hernandez has that extra year. If he didn't have that option year, maybe they'd be more inclined. But I don't think they would do it. In, I, I mean, they traded, um, they traded, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Peralta to the Tigers Eh, man speaking of like players going to the Tigers if you've listened to this podcast for a while you know I talked about my frustration when the Indians let Eric Haas go but this guy always had plus power this is going through the stats 16 home runs this year awesome never got a chance in Cleveland why would you give him a chance who needs a catcher who hits it for power Uh, um yeah, so uh, we had another trade, too, earlier in the evening with Andrew Chafin going to the Oakland Athletics. I did not look at the return to that. But teams are out there. Teams are making trades. The second base market, they're, they're interesting players. 
I think the issue with what Merrifield is I still think Kansas City puts a premium on, on him that probably is not deserved. They miss the window to get a truly great return. If you're the Indians, though, the Seattle Mariners are a fascinating team. You're not going to get the high-end guys. Just let it go. Don't even, uh, don't even ask. Let's let's not even look at their top ten prospects. Honestly, let's let's go beyond them. Let's look at some of the guys further down the line. One of the guys that really intrigues me further down the line, if you're calling, is Zach Deloach, who essentially uh, had a great cape in 2021, and before that had been awful. Or I'm sorry, in 2020, it was a 2020 second round pick. He had been very good to start that year, but had been really bad. Uh, you know, he'd just been a disappointing player before then. And he, I'm just pulling up his numbers, what he has done so far this year in double, a, well, between double and high A and double A. Uh, he's got a, you know, he was walking 11% of the time, striking out a little more than 20, had nine home runs. Mostly cross A ball. So he's an interesting player. He's not my favorite though, but he's a guy, and he's probably higher in most places. So it's he's kind of like eleventh on a lot of boards for them. So maybe he's out of range. Let's talk about more the deep dive guys. I've always liked Isaiah Campbell. Uh, he was taken back in 2019. He had pitched a lot, so they didn't pitch him in that year. He didn't pitch in 2020 because 2020. An Arkansas pitcher who got a little bit better every year, always had a good fastball, might be more of a pen arm long-term. Five games this year in high A. Kind of need to see. Trying to dig if he was hurt or anything was going on. Uh, ERA's been good, but XFIP is not. It's hard to guess on a guy like him. Now, I think the problem, though, is 29. No, he's not draft eligible. Thank goodness. Uh, He would not be. I think you had to have been a uh, 2018 college player to have been draft eligible uh, for this year. Yeah, 2018 was the cutoff, so it would be one more year. And then I want to talk about Austin Shenton. This is the guy that could have kind of stood out for me. A 19th round pick, or I'm sorry, that's not right, a 5th round pick, 19th overall in June 2019. Before that, he was drafted out of high school by the Cleveland Indians. Uh, He had some first round run leading up to his junior year, and then he had a miserable junior year. Like I mean, at the Cape, he looked like he had above-average hit, above-average power. Uh, plays third base, chance he would have to move off the position. So what has he done since he's been drafted by the Seattle Mariners? Crush. Like, just crush. Uh, his runs created plus in 2019 crossed two levels, 192-125. This year, crossed two levels, 166-141. He's hit. He had 11 home runs in 57 games in high A. He's got one home run in eight games so far in double A. Walk rate of 15 and 10.8 percent. Strikeout rates sitting around 20 percent. Bat pips are high, which again is a sign of quality contact. He's hitting for average. He's walking. He's hitting for power. He's a non-traditional build. He's not going to be someone that. Uh, people are going to jump up and get excited for because he's going to be viewed as maybe a bat only prospect but again this is a guy who was it floor i feel like it's you know one of those florida schools i want to look exactly make sure i get it right he because it was the a non-traditional program was not a huge program but after that cape he had florida international oh that's it he was a draft eligible sophomore so he had the great cape but then yeah no so yeah 
man, I'm just all over the place. Sorry, it's late. So he had the great cape after his sophomore year. Junior year goes really rough year. Playing in a you know for a small school, that's that's really hard to come back from. Potential first rounder again. He had legitimate first round talk after the cape that year. Came back rough junior year. Goes later. I mean, he just hits and he's got a good approach and he's got some power and. You know, I'm sitting here, I, like I said, I opened up the MLB.com one so I could see just some of the stuff. Six feet, uh, 205, you know, does a lot of work for, ha, has a brother who, there's a, you know, it's on The Athletic. There's a really heartwarming st- story. His brother had had, like, um, a brain bleed and had, you know, some um, seizure issues and just issues with, his own abilities and you know how much he has taken care of and helped his brother and things like that like stuff that make you look at him and be like this is a good kid warms your your heart to hear and again former indians draft pick guy who should have been a higher pick just had that bad year and so far in the minors has crushed every single level when your worst runs created plus was a 125 that's pretty darn good that's pretty darn good Good approach, power. Uh, one of those players you'd love to see with the stat cast stuff in the minors is, uh, you know, there, there's a, and looking at the MLB grade, they give him a 55 run. You know, I think he could have 55 power. They don't agree with me there, but they give him 55 hit, 55 run. You have to like that overall ability, right? So Austin Shenton, who they also have, let's see, MLB has him ranked the 17th rated prospect. 2019 draft pick, so does not need to be rostered till next year. Uh, another potential bat already in Double A. What do you think? Would that intrigue you? Would that interest you? Is that a player where you're like, oh yeah, no, I I would do that for Cesar Hernandez. Could you get him and then get some random, even lower down the line player from their list? Could you turn it into two and get, uh, you know, trying to find someone who. You know, maybe someone from last year's class who was not uh, as big of a name, or maybe someone like Sam Carlson who was completely falling apart. Uh, Minnesota high school kid who I believe his brother was drafted relatively recently as well, maybe last year or this year, I just got hurt. You know, he, he had Tommy John and then he missed uh, 18 and 19, and you know, the laugh is because then, then he missed all of 20, and that was when he was finally healthy. You know, he's 22 years old, he's barely pitched. Uh, he is eligible for the draft, but would someone really draft him uh, when he hasn't pitched? Maybe. And if you lose the secondary piece in your deal, that stinks. But at the same time, uh, you're willing to more run that risk with a guy like him. Uh, 63 innings this year. I mean, he had not pitched since 2017, and he had pitched all of three innings in 2017. So 63 this year. And he's been, I mean, 74 Ks and... 63 innings is not bad so there's some stuff to work with he's kind of like i said lower down the line but i mean if i could get a a carlson and uh and an austin jenton sign me up tomorrow Uh, i think you could get a deal done i think it makes sense and again hey the seattle mariners have spent so much time building up this group of prospects you know they're george kirby's the emerson hancock's the clinics the rodriguez the taylor trammell's cal raleigh novali marti really interesting players plus you know their newest additions with the all the prep talent they took this year uh, i think they're a team that 
you trade for a Cesar because you have him for this year and next, if you are the Seattle Mariners, you have him at a reasonable price. And unlike some of the other second basemen on the market, he's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. You know, I, I think Whit Merrifield is still kind of expensive. Adam Frazier took, you know, a top five prospect in the admittedly now weak San Diego system, but still took a top five prospect to acquire. When you go out and get uh, Cesar, you know, Cesar Hernandez, who's, what, 17 home runs? I mean, that's not, that's, that's good production. Uh, Dylan Moore did have a big hit for them tonight, but still, he's uh, a, a t- this is a team that has a chance at a wild card, unlike the Indians, trying to compete, could use an upgrade. Dylan Moore is a utility guy, though this year he has been worth, I mean, he's worth 0.3 war, whereas Cesar Hernandez is worth 1.6. So it would be a big upgrade for Seattle, gives them two years at that position taken care of, and... Like I said, Austin Chenton, that would be the guy I'm asking for. Let me know what you think. Uh, do you think it's they should hold on to Cesar? I just I want to see what Miller can do. I want to see what some of these young players... Move Ahmed Rosario to second base, and let's bring up Jimenez again. It's time to see. This is not going to be a playoff year. Let's do it. Let's see who can do things for the Indians. I mean, I, I like what Ahmed's done, but I wouldn't be opposed to trading him. If there's a team out there that really needs a shortstop, and he's done enough... I. He's been good this year. Has he been great? No. He's only got three more years left. I've kind of come around to that. Uh, but right now, the focus is more at Cesar. And, man, Cesar to Seattle, I think it makes a lot of sense. Remember, you can always give me feedback over on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Uh, remember to rate and review. It really helps. We're down last week. I know we're always going to be down after the draft, but I'm hoping for a nice Guardians bump. Uh, as always, love the feedback, love the interaction. Remember, rate and review, download daily. It really helps. Both of it does. And for the next year, go Tribe. And then after that, go Guardians. <laughs>